<laughs> we see him through the animation, right? And we say that. And then we hear... We see, like, a little black dot go through the window. A and we hear... Clink, clink, clink. And we're like, no. And then, boosh, And it kills him instantly. We're like... <laughs> it was, like, the greatest gaming moment of all time. Like, when you see Marcus... Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Super Agile Brothers, Super Agile Bros. Uh, today is another sad episode because we don't have Kyle with us, but we have the amazing, incredible, illustrious Steve on the show. Steve, tell the people hello. Hello. Is this thing on? Yes, we have Geriatric Steve. <laughs> His future <Yeah>. self. He's <laughs> ready. <laughs> Among other things, yes. I, I, you know what? Like, I do this every episode where I ask the guys to say hello, and I feel like Steve is always prepping. He's like, "What am I going to do this week? You know, like, what character? How am I going to respond? Like, one day he'll just say hello, but I doubt that'll happen for another five hundred episodes. So <laughs> I think one time I said hello, but you had asked us to say hey, 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 or hey, yeah, something stupid like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so today's episode is going to be fun, as always. They're always great. Good time. Uh, today we're going to be talking, uh, so I guess we're going to talk about game development theory, game play theory, game development games in general. Uh, it's funny because we're, uh, so Kyle's not here today, and we want to talk uh, in the future about some games that we've been playing and some different things we've been doing, but Kyle's not here, so we're like, hey, we're not gonna talk about it yet, we're gonna wait for him to join. And so I was asking Steve, I was like, yo, Steve, what, what should we talk about this week, you know? And he was like, game theory, right? <laughs> so uh, Kyle was like, well, I, I was, I guess, maybe asked for clarification, and then Kyle was like giving his thoughts of what game theory was, and I assumed, because Steve being a physicist, mathematician, scientist, Georgia Tech alumni was talking about like game theory, like, you know, like the theory yeah. of, you know, the prisoner's um, dilemma. <laughs> but uh, no, no, we're not getting that deep. We're going to get more into like games. Uh, and in particular, uh, this is this is Kyle gave us a little bit of prompting on what direction we should go. We're going to be talking about like boss fights and games and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then we're going to let the conversation go where it goes. I think there's a lot to talk about beyond just boss fights. But um you know, in games in general, but uh, that's where we're going to start. So I guess to get the conversation started, we're going to talk a little bit about like um, some of our favorite uh, boss fights and some of our least favorite boss fights and uh, why, I guess, you know, um, and just go from there, man. So um, I guess let me ask you straight out. Uh, when, when I, when we, when Kyle posed the topic and we kind of went that way, did you already have some boss fights in mind or did it take you a long time to think of like, oh, what's the last boss that I played and what what's my favorite, you know? So I didn't have any specific boss fights in mind. I have a lot of thoughts, I think, about boss fights and things that I like or don't like about the way that people do boss fights. So I think this is going to mm -hmm. be an interesting conversation. But there wasn't like one boss that immediately stuck out, stuck out to me and I'm like, that's the one. That's what I want yeah, to talk yeah. about. Um. So what I ended up doing was I ended up going through a list that I keep of all the games that I've played. Um, 
I don't know how complete it is. I made this list like a year or two ago on face for like a Facebook post. Really? And, and then I realized like, Oh, we're doing a podcast and we talk about games. Let me go find that thing. Um, so I updated it as well. But, um, yeah, I was going through the list and I was again, like nothing, nothing really stood out to me. And I found, a, I remembered as I went through this list, a lot of boss fights that I was like, Oh, eh. you know, like <laughs> as you play, you don't really like, I didn't hate them. But looking back on it, I'm like, that was kind of a meh boss fight. And I'll talk more about that later. Um, what about you? How uh, did you have something you wanted? You were just dying to talk about. Yeah, it was it was interesting because like, OK, like I've been playing games since I was four with very little hiatuses, like maybe a year or two here or there, depending how busy life has been. Pray- oh, so your more- favorite boss fight is like puberty. <laughs> yes, I lost. Um still still losing. And <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so like I was like literally like yo, I've played so many games. Like I it's like hard for me to even like con- like conceptualize like all of them and then thinking through all the bosses. But I like you said, I I definitely have ideas about what makes a terrible boss and what makes a great boss. But as I was thinking and I said, let me just take some time reflect inwards uh i did come up with a few um and one of them is on my list because it was like pretty recent that i dealt with the boss but uh yeah overall i mean this was difficult i feel like most just to be super real most bosses to me are kind of forgettable if you think about it like Mm -hmm. they're fun in the time that you play them or maybe they're not fun but like I don't normally remember games by their boss fights. I normally think about the game in its totality and like what it meant to me and how I felt it about it when I played it. But like uh, moment to moment, you know, like, oh, my goodness. I, as we're speaking, I just remembered the boss fight that I hate the most, which I'll talk oh, good. about. <laughs> I just I, I just remembered. I used to talk about this all the time. So so let's I guess let's start with this. Um, if, if you have any in mind. What would you say is like one of your favorite? Just name, you know, I have a few, so in no order. Just you know, name one that one of your favorite, and I'll name one, and then we'll just kind of go okay. with it. We'll just flow. Sure, sure. So, uh, have you guys played this game called Knack? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the whole game is the worst boss fight. The boss fight. The game is the boss fight. Like, yeah, can seriously. you beat this trash? Gosh. Uh, no, but seriously, um. I'm looking through my list, and one thing immediately stood out to me. Uh, it's this game called Katana Zero. came mm. out a few years ago. It was like an indie game. Um, it's a game that... Uh, it's it's like a side-scrolling hack-and-slash. You play kind of like an assassin, and you're you're going through these these 2D levels, and you fight against, you know, thugs and, and bad guys. Uh, and the idea is it's it's one of those like one hit death games. So like if anyone shoots you or hits you, then you instantly die and start over like that little level. Uh, and you'd have to just perfect, you know, the run as you go. Hmm. So there's one boss fight and this, this is, I will say minor spoilers for this game, by the way. And this game actually has like a somewhat decent plot. So if you ever plan on playing this game, if it sounds interesting, you please be aware of what I'm saying or be wary of what I'm saying. Skip but uh, three minutes ahead or something. <laughs> yeah, just just skip ahead until you no longer hear my voice. Um, but there's this boss fight against a character who I don't remember what she was called in the meantime, but I looked it up and she's called the Headhunter. 
Hmm. And it's uh, it's just a really difficult fight. And I mean, like I said, it's a, one of those one hit fights, so or one hit games. So you're usually fighting like a bunch of folks, and you have to dodge attacks and throw smoke bombs and stuff. But it, with her, it's just one person, and it hit, you have to hit her multiple times. Hmm. Um, and they've it's a game where they've actually built the fact that when you die, you come back and keep playing. It's actually part of the plot. Um, it's part of your character. You're a character who uses a drug to kind of see the future. And so all these runs where you die is actually just you. Um, oh, it's actually like just you like features or something. Yeah, exactly. It's possible. It's like that Nick Cage movie <laughs> where you can like jump ahead oh, and see what's going to happen. Gold standard Nicholas Cage. Yes. Yeah. Really great. I don't even remember the title of it. We, we should just do a was... whole podcast just talking about Nicholas Cage movies because it's so great. Just There's watch. so many movies that you could honestly, like the three of us could get together and talk <laughs> and there would definitely be like several movies that only one of us have seen. Yes. Yes. But, but yeah, continue. All right. I'll continue. I'm writing so, this down. <laughs> so the whole game you're playing and like, if you eventually beat a level, your character is like, oh yes, that's what I'll do. And that kind of plays out on video. Uh, so with her, you find out that she is also on this drug and she has the same ability. And so when you die or uh, she like remembers, it isn't a reset. Yeah. Like she knows that she's beaten you and that you've beaten her and that, you know, in some alternate universe, you've beaten her already, but she's come back and she's fighting you again. Really? And so you're kind of trapped. You're both kind of trapped in this loop for a while until you actually beat her. Um, and I love the fight. I love the kind of twist in there. And you also, it's also a sad fight because you realize that she doesn't want to fight you, but she's kind of, to survive, she has to fight you. And it's like this music is really beautiful and emotional and it's like not at all appropriate for like a, like a death battle, but it's, it's really like poignant and it's such, it's such a beautiful and difficult battle. I just loved it. And I still listen to that song like in my normal <laughs> playlists. Yeah, wow. Sounds like, uh, I don't know if you make a man splash woman. Like, I think that's the storyline. Like, she didn't want to fight because, but she had to to survive. That's crazy. That's really interesting. I don't think I've ever seen, played, heard of that game before. What was it called again? Katana Zero. It came out on Switch. I'm sure it's also on other systems. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool, that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, first of all, like, I think, like, in our chats, we talk about this kind of a lot, and, and you say this a lot. This is kind of, I think, something I feel like, not that you coined it, but I feel like this is something that I always think of you, is the idea of a game being grounded in this universe, you know? Um, yeah. And I feel like that's a really cool way to bring in a boss. Number one, hey, this you want the boss to have more lives or take more hits or whatever, but you're kind of wrapping it into the same idea or concept that you have the main character in the player character so it's like it's really yeah. cool that's that's like kind of deep like that they, it, they put that in there like it that. was yeah like it was it was a big moment i think it was on an airplane and i beat the game she's not she's not even like the last battle but i beat the game and i immediately started over and playing started playing again like a fresh game wow it was that good yeah i mean you know like uh i guess I guess like my favorite, like to like when I'm thinking of like you know something you just said about like how the boss fight itself kind of feels like a part of the game, feels integral, feels important, 
it feels like it's maybe even kind of making a statement about the game itself like just building into the world seems really cool and and i have to think harder but like i feel like most of my favorite boss fights have really more to just do with like the gameplay mm-hmm. and like like i feel like you could theoretically remove the boss fight and the game would still be awesome or the moment to moment would still be awesome mm-hmm. but like the gameplay itself was fun like so the first one that came to mind when i thought of like boss fights that i like um was uh and i you've played twilight princess so um it's it's actually the boss fight where you fight the uh skeletos or skelos in the desert and you have the weird like the arbiter grounds bay blade thing that you ride yeah Yeah, yeah. arbiter sandy Sandy area yeah man i love that boss battle just because of how unique it is because to me, I've always loved Zelda because of the the new items that you get, right? Like, I remember mm-hmm. playing Ocarina of Time and be like, oh, man, I hated seeing that uh, my inventory was getting full because I just love getting a new weapon. If it's a new magical arrow, if it's a claw, whatever it's called, um, the shooting, what, the, the, hook the, shot. the, the hook shot, sorry, or the claw <laughs> shot or whatever it's called in later renditions. Um, and so in this game, you know, this is further in the game. And, you know, I know that I still have items to get. And they give me what seems like the most random item, which kind of was the weird spin top. It's basically like if you've never played Twilight Princess, like the weapon they give you is basically like this geared top thing that you stand on top of. You kind of ride it like it's a skateboard, but it like spins on the bottom. Yeah, like it it really is like a giant Beyblade. Yeah, it's like a giant Beyblade and you just ride it. And it's really cool. And I think one thing I keep thinking about, like, as we have these conversations is how much I enjoy movement in games. And to me, it was like just fun. Like, you know, as a, you know, as you play as Link, you're normally just on foot. You might once in a while ride your horse. But this one was like a very different way of moving. And it was fun. So anyway, you're playing through the dungeon and get to the boss. And man, the boss was so fun because it was like. You first started like in this sandy pit and he would like come out, I think, and like attack you. And so you'd have to ride around and like do your attacks on the spinning top thing. And like in the movement was like and it kind of homes in like kind of like a sonic attack. And then like when it gets to its next phase, which was kind of one of my favorite phases, also because it felt so cinematic, I guess you could say, was like a big tower comes out of the sand and it has these grooves. And I oh, was like, you have to ride up the tower. Yeah, as I was mentioning, it has like these grooves that are kind of gear looking. And you ride up the side of the tower as he attacks you, right? But you kind of have to like dodge his attacks and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's like cinematically you're going up the, the edges, the side of this like uh, cylinder, this really tall tower. And you make it to the top and then you fight him. I, just, I don't know. Like it's that's cool. Just, it was just fun. Like it was just it just felt like a mini game almost, I guess a way to say like it didn't really necessarily feel like it could have been in any game, you know, but like the way that it was like Zelda, the pacing was different than all the other boss fights where you just kind of like shoot an arrow in Goma's eye or you stab the thing 12 times or throw a bomb <laughs> in his mouth. You know, it was just so different. Um, yeah. I just remember just really, really enjoying it. It sounds like you remember that boss fight. I don't, I don't remember it being super frustrating at the time, but maybe it was, but I just enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, I 
I was going to mention essentially every boss fight from Twilight Princess or from uh, The Wind Waker mm-hmm. is like top notch. Yeah. Yeah. I think Zelda and, and funny enough, another one of my favorite boss fights is in Wind Waker. It's the final boss when you fight Ganondorf and oh, yes. just like just the 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 sword play that they had like in Ganondorf's movements and mm-hmm. everything just was super fun and like he seemed like a master swordsman because you know? no no one could stand up to you like yeah. even the dark nuts would you know you could just roll behind them and one swipe they lose all their armor and then they're just open to get hit this man would be blocking your moves and like swinging his sword mm-hmm. around and turning it you know like it really felt like you were fighting a jedi yeah yeah that, i think that's the best way to put it like it really felt like he was like predicting your moves and like pairing you and like you were trying to like break apart his defenses just to get an attack in and it just felt and at the time i mean like i can't think of another boss fight during that period of time that was to me that level that felt that like like yo i'm literally fighting a dude who's been fighting for hundreds of years (laughs) like he's a boss like he's literally a boss he's not just some big dude who shoots a giant fireball at you you know yeah just rushes you like an idiot like it's actually a tactical fight. And then the ending of the fight, spoiler to anybody who's watched it, to me oh, yeah. was so brutal, but I loved it. Like, this is the climax of the game. You're fighting the final boss in a Zelda High game. Hyrule is flooding. Yeah, like everything is climax, right? And Ganondorf finally shows himself, and you're fighting him, and then you beat him by basically, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, jabbing a sword in his face. Like or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. You like jump. You do like a jump and like jab it in his face or something like that. And I just remember being like, "Yo, this is raw." As a kid, like, and then he turns to stone. Yes. Yes. Man. Yeah. It, it was. It was. It was pretty sick. Like one so, wonders what happened to that stone afterwards. That's a good question. I, I mean, <sighs> the Zelda universe is just so. It's huge. I, yeah. It's just. It's like they. They love, it's like telling, they love telling short stories, you know, and they like connecting them loosely, but not really, you know, so, so yeah, like, um, I guess, um, I guess I have one more favorite boss fight that I can think of. Do you Mm -hmm. have another one? I could talk about a few. Uh, I can bring up, so kind of in the same vein as the headhunter, uh, there's a battle in Celeste against your, your darker self near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think I like it for a lot of the same reasons. Um, it's it's and this is I think different from most of why I like bosses. I usually I'll talk about it later. And this game was like the boss fight was. I mean, the gameplay in Celeste is that you're basically just running and climbing and avoiding. You you kind of as you play, the stages become more difficult, and you have to time your jumps and perfectly navigate through like pixels of like spikes and stuff you know like really really precise stuff it's all about precision and timing in celeste and this game was actually a little looser than some of the levels that you've had to beat to get here sorry this this boss fight was a little looser but it was basically just a difficult section of the game like there wasn't anything special going on gameplay wise but you're fighting against your darker self you're trying to like you're trying to accept each other and she's not willing to accept you. And so you're, you're like, it's like you're fighting to talk to her. You're like, you're chasing her 
and she's trying to get away from you and she's putting all these obstacles in your path and you're just blasting through and she shoots a laser and you dodge it. And the music that's playing is like epic, like, like energized Enya. And like, you know, there's, <laughs> it's the cave that you're in is collapsing and all this stuff is falling. And so it, it felt like it had a lot of similar energy to the Katana Zero boss where it's like, oh, this is a poignant moment. This is like a, this is a character development happening. This is like the end of the story. We're close to it. And then there's like a resolution, like a major resolution after you, you beat that part of the level. And it's really satisfying. Um, for totally different reasons, <laughs> I gotta pull, I gotta bring up my man Sephiroth from okay. Kingdom Hearts 2. Oh, from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you thought, that's, that's you way. thought I was gonna say Final Fantasy. That, I mean, that's a, that is, yes. yes. Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 2. This man caused me so much pain and suffering but it was such a fun boss once and like the music of course this man has like the best theme music and i would just crank it up and i was in my neighbor's house playing on his playstation too and like his family would break for for like lunch and i would just leave the game running and come down and eat (laughs) lunch with them and you could hear the music coming from upstairs and they're like steve could you please like turn the tv off like come, come on steve like Bro, come, on, come on i can't even say it's like a great boss fight it just it just has so many memories for me and uh yeah yeah no no i feel like i feel like one of my f- and, and then i was listening to you talk about uh your your favorite boss fights it reminded me of kind of like my favorite boss fight not because like not because they were super fun but because they felt really meaningful to me as a as a player personally um uh bloodborne okay so uh steve you've played bloodborne before and i've played like five minutes remember you were teaching me you're teaching (laughs) me that i'm too impatient (laughs) yeah it's, it's definitely a game that you have to like like the first like level is like five hours of gameplay itself even though like later when you get to the point where you understand the game it takes you like five minutes but like getting through it the first time is so difficult because you're trying to understand the enemies and all this stuff. So like Bloodborne, just like Dark Souls and all those other games are very punishing, right? And there's like consequence to like when you die because you lose your souls or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. So you can level up and blah, 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 blah. So you got to be very uh, cautious. So everything is meaningful. So after you beat like the first level, basically, like maybe it's not the first level, but the first swath of like enemies and like kind of make a loop back around to like the save point basically the first level you kind of run into one of your first bosses and at least for me the first boss was like this weird priest guy father gasconi and he's like in this graveyard and and it's just like i've never played uh dark souls or anything like that so to me i'd never fought first of all like bloodborne's like artistic design is so crazy and like just what what's the word um lovecraftian you know and yeah the enemies are scary and oozy and big and just feels feels really uncomfortable very dark fantasy mm -hmm. yeah and and you fight this guy in a graveyard and then like he just hits super hard He's like, you're trying to figure out all his tells. You're trying to figure out what his movements are. And then, like, you beat half of them. So you feel like you start to beat him, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I got this. And, of course, like, every boss fight, he has another form. And his second form Mm -hmm. 
just marked me like absolutely <laughs> obliterated me and i was like what in the world and it's like one of those situations where you're like yo i've got i've took this long to beat his first half of him like how long will it take me to beat his second form and like beating that first boss was, was so meaningful to me because it was like this is one of the hardest bosses I've ever fought in my gameplay existence that doesn't feel like a cheap boss, which I will talk about with worse bosses <laughs> a little bit later. But like, it felt like I honestly got, was like a better player. You know, I actually bested him. Um, and then later down the road, another one of my favorite bosses was, uh, her name was Vicar Amelia. Basically, like she was this weird, like, ghost girl woman who seemed to be like cursed who turns into this giant like when i say giant like giant white wolf creature with long dirty dangly hair oh, and giant yeah. nails and blood like it's i've seen her yeah so terrifying and i actually have the recording I, I'll, I'll share it with you steve i think it's on youtube or something i have it somewhere where i fought her and I'd been fighting her for hours and hours and I was just getting whooped and whooped. And I finally started to find a strategy, right? And this is like my first time ever like trying to stream anything, record mm -hmm. any gameplay, anything like this. And I'm playing on PS4 and I, I like, I'm finally making progress. I got a pattern. I'm doing good. And I literally have her down to where you cannot see her health on the health bar. And I'm getting hyped because I'm like, yo, this is the one. And she just does a combo on me and takes all of my health away. Bruh. And, and the pain, the pain, pain. Yeah. like, it just, like, I have it recorded, so I'm so happy because sometimes I go back and watch and I'm like, yo, this was so real. But, like, for some reason, the lows of that, the boss fight in that game made the boss fights that much better. Because when you beat them, it felt so cathartic, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, of course, yeah. You know, that's so, like. The, that's yeah. the the hook mm -hmm. for those games yeah it really felt like i i earned it you know versus like i gimped it because <laughs> i don't yeah. feel like i could find a way to gimp those bosses they did such a good job um so uh so we talked a little bit about some of our favorite boss fights do you have any uh worst boss fights you can think of um or that you uh, came up with yourself in all seriousness any of the boss fights from knack <laughs> i guess there were boss fights like to me the yeah the whole game was so garbage. Like, I guess there were boss fights. Yeah, you'd fight those big mechanized things or... The giant eyeball at the end. The giant eyeball at the end that you... Ugh. With the, like... T it's one of those horrible mechanics where you have to, like, time it and not get shot. But basically, for anybody who's never played the Knack 1, like, I don't know what it would be like to play the game by itself, but me and Steve played the game together, like, co-op, right? Like, yeah. essentially, the game felt impossible <laughs> as, a, as a single player because, like, the second player can die infinitely, but the first player, if he dies, you have to restart. And yeah. the game was so brutal, even on, like, the normal setting. Like, some of that stuff, like, I don't know. It's not know. brutal. It's just, you're so bad. clumsy. Yeah. Just, this is bad. Yeah. And, like, you'll get into a fight and then just get mollywopped. Like, how did that even happen? You know? So, like, half of the game was, like, me just standing in the corner while Steve does all the fighting. So I wouldn't die. Because <laughs> I can, yeah. And then you would just let me respawn. <laughs> yeah, just let him respawn and keep fighting enemies. 
but no, I agree with that. I, I'm trying that that I, that yeah that eyeball thing at the end of the game was egregious and it was long. Just, that was my issue with it. It was a long fight. Super. It wasn't a fight. It was like a weird slow puzzle. <laughs> Basically, it was they were trying to go for a Legend of Zelda Skeletor whatever boss, and they just went about it the entirely wrong way. Because think about that, it's the same, right? It's a cinematic mm-hmm. kind of like you get to feel out how to beat him. There's like stages to it. But it just felt awful because yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, and it just felt like you were just punished if you took a chance or if you misunderstood how it worked. Like, it was just, I mean, I was just happy to beat the game. <laughs> yeah. Just be done with it. But NAC 2, baby, we still mm-hmm. still got to beat that. We got to see what that's Still on the horizon. <laughs> um, you know, that immediately makes me think of the game that I've been most recently playing. And the game that I love, but it's very interesting that I love it because I think the boss fights in the game are some of the worst boss fights in any game I've ever played, which is Dead Rising, the original Dead Rising. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hades, and I was like, no way. No, Hades is fine. I enjoy Hades. We'll talk all about Hades. Um, Can't wait. But uh, yeah, in, in Dead Rising, the bosses suffer from what people talk about where... The bosses are perfect, like in the sense that they can read your inputs. They mm-hmm. can they know where you're moving. They don't miss. If they're going to hit you, you're going to get hit like like there's especially if the person has a long range weapon, you're super done, like you're super duper done. Like there's a uh, like one of the first boss fights, the first boss fight in the game. You're fighting this one character where he's um, you're in a food court, right? And they, it's like a two, it's not a two level food court. There's just like, I guess you could say, um, like a balcony or something, a balcony. Yes. A balcony that overlooks the food court area, the main, the front of the food court. And he's up there and he has a like SMG and you're with another character who is this black guy named Brad, the only black guy named Brad I've ever seen in a video game. (laughs) So, and he's like a boss. Was he wearing, like, fraternity shorts? No. (laughs) No, he was wearing a a Dwight, uh, a Dwight Shrewd mustard yellow shirt with a tie and slacks. He was, like, in the FBI or something like that, Homeland Security. So he's like a, you know, like, hey, I'm a rough kind of guy. Like, hey, I'll give you cover fire if you go over there and, like, you know, so... So this is your first introduction to a boss fight. And dude, it's so horrible. Because if the boss sees you and he has the ability to shoot, you're getting hit. Not only are you getting hit, you get juggled. Oh, God. Or you get stun locked. Yeah. So if he gets in the right position, he can stun lock and shoot you over and over and over and over. And you'll just die no matter what you do. Right. To be fair, that's how I beat a lot of bosses. So it's great when you're doing that to a boss, right? You're gimping yeah. the boss. But when you get gimped instantly, like you don't even know what's happening. You just walk out there and you don't even see the enemy. You just hear and you go, Ugh, and then Ugh, and then you just keep doing that until you die. And you're like, <laughs> what just happened? And this game is not super like forgiving, right? It's literally save points. It doesn't have checkpoints here and thing. So if you didn't mm. save like right before that you have to redo everything that you did before that to get to can that you point. save from a menu or no no you can only yeah, save, like save spots yeah you have to you can only save at certain locations like bathrooms and in your hideout 
and they're all like some distance away from you are where you are. And if you're really just starting a game, that distance is like pretty brutal. Like it's not like a simple, you're going to take damage when you get there. So anyway, the boss, all the bosses are like that, like all of them. And, uh, I I don't want to spoil the game, but all I'm going to say is the last boss. And I, do you care if I spoil it? Cause I, you probably, I don't care personally. Okay. I I don't know. First of all, the story is just ridiculous, but it's great at the same time. And the very end, you're fighting the military (laughs) for a lot of different reasons. And in the most unreasonable boss fight back to, okay. So this is why this game is brutal and horrible because you get save points but they're very spaced out and in the last part of the game it's a linear experience and it's also time-based a lot of the game so sometimes you get in these situations where you have little limited amount of time and blah 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 so anyway so what precedes this boss fight is you have to kill some zombies fight some um enemies who have machine guns which can be stun lock you and basically kill you so you have to gimp them, which you, by this time you probably figured out how to gimp them. So you gimp them and you get in this car and you're trying to escape them all. A tank rolls up on you from the main in- leader of the commander of the army. And first of all, that whole boss is fight is not hard. It's just obscenely long and repetitive. Like like their bar, their health bar has like 10,000 hit points. In every bullet, you have like a turret on the back of your car. Each bullet is one hit point and then it just sends out drones and it shoots a laser beam it's like a super annoying long fight and if you get out of pattern so yeah anybody just listening now we had like a little bit technical difficulty steve lost his connection in the middle of there so i'm just going to continue where kind of where i was at so um basically i was saying is like in this boss fight you have this long like drawn out tank battle where you're on a jeep and it's like a long like series it's probably like 15 minutes before you get to the final final boss and on in the final boss you're fighting him on top of the tank that was chasing you and it's hand-to-hand combat now let me tell you one thing about this game you spend about 0.1 percent of your time fighting hand-to-hand in this game right you're always using a weapon you're always using if it's a gun a pipe a foam hand whatever you always have a weapon you're never like unarmed yeah you're never unarmed if you're unarmed it's desperation but the last fight is a unarmed fight on a tank in a scenario where you can't really practice and the dude gimps you so hard like it is so terrible like I don't know who designed this, but it feels almost like they were like, yo, let's get this game done with. I hate this thing. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it genuinely feels like that. And, and I beat it, uh, like two or three nights ago, like, uh, and like, you know, replaying through the game and literally the way I beat it was all pure luck. Like I was like, man, I don't want to have to re I had already lost. And then I lost again. And I was like, dude, it's like getting late. I don't want to do this again. And I basically found the most cheap gimp way to do it, like basically where I, his animation would kind of loop sometimes and I could catch him like kind of nudging him with this one attack. And somehow he messed up, slipped down a little slope, got caught in animation. I caught him with like this weird back kick that took way too much damage <laughs> off his health. And then in my desperation, I pressed another input that accidentally kicked him in the head, like jump kicked him and it killed him. And I had one tick of health left. All he had to do was hit me one more time. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, also, 
you're on top of a tank with zombies around you. Terrible right. thing that they did is that they have a move, uh, a maneuverable move where you double tap your uh, left stick forward and you do a barrel roll, like a, a da- dodge roll. Like a dodge, yeah. But it's so super sensitive, dog, that even when you're just walking around, you'll just dodge roll into a group of zombies. So I'm dodge rolling off That's... this tank into zombies, taking damage, having to climb back onto the tank. Then this dude starts doing his gimp combo on me. It was so miserable, dog. Like... I think that was like, I mean, maybe it's just because it's recent, but it was. That sounds like a slog. It was horrible. Luckily, I beat him my second or third try, and I was like, yo, that was. I love the game still, which is crazy. I'm actually replaying through it again. <laughs> but that, and the bosses, all the bosses are like that. They're all terrible. Gimp, they gimp you, but I don't know. Like, I love the game despite the bosses, you know? So, another boss that I thought of that I really don't like. Is the the power bomb guardian from Metroid Prime Two Echoes? Okay, um, describe him because I might remember, but you might remember it's the it's the pill bug, and you mm-hmm. play the whole boss fight inside as a as a ball. You play yes. it inside like a magnetized uh-huh. you know track yeah. area. Yeah, I remember this. And you can't damage him. What you have to do is you have to. Oh, man. You have to... Basically, the boss fight is three levels, and you you beat them one at a time. And for each level, you have to activate... Well, the levels, like I said, it's like like the 2D ball mode, Mm -hmm. kind of like the minigame, I guess. And so you're looking at like a 2D game, and you have to navigate like this little maze up to a bomb slot, place a bomb in the slot, which activates... Uh, a barrier that'll that'll kind of pop out of the ground and this pill bug which is gone kind of going on like a you know uh, a track like it just mm-hmm. goes around the circle in the same way each time you have to do it in such a way that the pill bug will hit it and when he hits it he goes oh and you have to <laughs> rush down to where he is and hit him with some bombs and that's the only way to damage him and then when you damage him He'll go to the next area, and then you have to do two bomb, or yeah, two Ugh. bomb slots in rough, quick succession, and he has to run into the the barriers that pop up, and then three bomb slots, and so it's pretty straightforward. It, uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, but the issue is that especially in the GameCube, navigation as a ball mm-hmm. sucks. So what? so this is this is um, is it the power bomb? Maybe it's the spider ball. It's the spider ball. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because you go up the wall on that one. Because he he goes up the wall. He can just go up the wall, but you have to, like, boost to get up the wall. That's right. Um, yeah, it's the spider ball. So, yeah, it's it's miserable because before you get the spider ball, the only way to, like, have vertical motion is to either boost up a ramp or to to do a bomb jump. And so a bomb jump is you, you drop a bomb and there's, like, a one-second delay. And then the bomb explodes and pops you up in the air a little bit. And one of the cool things about the game is that you can, if you get the timing down, you can drop three bombs at a time. So you can use three bombs and get, basically have an, an infinite cycle of like rising a little bit higher and higher. You can do like a bomb, bomb ladder. Uh, but anyway, that's not important. Um, in this boss fight, you have to bomb jump between levels of this, this maze I mentioned to get to the you know, the goals, I guess. And then you have to bomb jump into the bomb slot. 
And it's so abysmal. And the whole time mm. he's like chasing you and he has this like force field. So if he even gets near you, it damages you. Oh my goodness. And so like you're under duress and you're trying to like, <laughs> you, have to, you have to roll into just, just beneath the gap so that when you bomb jump, you'll, you'll rise up into the gap and then you can push left or right to like, you know, yes. mount, mount the ledge. But if you're too far over one way or the other, you'll bounce off the corner of the gap. If you uh, if you don't push left or right the correct way, then you go to the wrong side, or you just kind of don't quite mount the ledge and you fall back down. It's just it was such a pain, it was such a hassle, and it just wasn't it just wasn't fun. It just felt like it went on forever, and then you'd beat him, and it opens to the next level, and you have to do it even harder. And I'm like, man, I hated that <laughs> junk. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like it's one of those situations where, like, number one, like, your controls are different. Like, like, so, like, even the boss fight that I am described was just describing in your boss fight is, like, you have to use something that you're not, like, super duper comfortable with. Like, right. the controls are finicky or just whatever. And then in a boss fight where you don't have direct impact on the enemy, like, you have to do it through some other mechanism that it's is... a puzzle. Yeah. yeah, like puzzle based, timing based, anything like that. If it's not done perfectly, like it can feel so miserable because you can finally get the yeah. timing and then you have to wait for it to reset or something and that it combined with the fact that you have to navigate to it. And then and then there's like a limited camera control. Like it's like the camera's different, I recall, when you're in like ball mode. It's like it feels a little bit different. But like I don't know, I feel like that's I feel like that's the combination of like feeling like you're not in control <laughs> combined with some mechanic in your boss fight that you're either unfamiliar with or super janky is like the number one like I'm done with this fight like I'm about to rage quit right now like I cannot deal with this you know um probably like one of the the boss fights that I remember like as we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast that I can't believe I forgot mm. is a boss fight that's pretty much defined my childhood okay so how did you forget this <laughs> so when i was a kid we had a nintendo an nes and we had a few games and like we had mission impossible we had this random soccer game and we had ninja gaiden 2 mm. and ninja gaiden 2 is basically a side scrolling game uh kind of not a beat-em-up but it's like side scrolling and you throw like ninja stars and you like stab with your little sword like and it's very very uh difficult it's a pretty difficult game and i remember i was like five or six right so i'm playing this game and it's above my pay grade but i could get past the first level right the first level is just platforming beating stabbing enemies with your little sword then you have this boss fight with this dude who's like kind of big but all you had to do is stab him in his back and then jump behind him as he attacks you so it's like a pretty simple boss the first boss sure yeah the second boss who i've just i don't even know if he has a real name i've just dubbed him the spider boss haunted my dreams for years and that's why i hate spiders to this day i have not beaten this boss like to no this day way. because okay so 
leading up to this boss fight, it's like one of those levels that's like wind. So when you jump, the wind will change and change your trajectory on the jump. Oh, brother. So it's really terrible. And it's just death pits everywhere, right? Um, So like the beginning, you're just jumping really carefully and it's really easy to die. So you lose lives and it's like super annoying. Um, So you finally make your way through this fight and, you know, the, the, the level. Then you get to the spider boss. And I'm going to try my best to describe the spider boss because it's very simple when you think about game mechanics, but it's the combination of horrible things. Okay. So basically you come into this uh, room. It's just a room, like an old school, like uh, Mega Man kind of boss room. Uh, sure. And there's walls on both sides. And then there's a platform in the middle of the room. Um, I guess two platforms on either side of the room. I can't remember. But essentially... Oh, also, I think if you go too far off the left, you just die. You just fall off and you die. Uh, I think only one side. It's just just open, like an open edge? Yeah, so it's just like three sides of a square. And on the right side, you can climb the wall. On the left side, I think you just die. I'd have to go back in. But I just remember I'd only be on the right side climbing, if I recall. So anyway, it's like a platform. And basically what would happen is this boss would be either on the ground or he would jump to the platform, right? And as bosses do, as you approach him... He would like sit on the platform for a second, but then he would jump down to the ground and, you know, back and forth. And he would just do that. So basically, you'd run up to him on the ground and try to stab him. You might stab him once or twice and he jumped to the platform, right? Then you have to jump yeah. to the wall, climb it, jump off the wall, try to really quickly run over to him and stab him before he jumps to the ground. Now, if this was just a normal bass boss mechanic, we're like, okay, you just had to do that and get your timing and try not to get hit by him. That'd be great. But the whole time you're fighting this battle, this man is throwing spiders at you. And this game (laughs) is... I thought you were talking about the fact that he had to go on the wall or something. He's actually throwing spiders. He's throwing spiders from his body, right? In this game... From his body? Yeah, like he's just tossing them, like, left and right, like, like sprinkles. Like, sprinkles! (laughs) You know, like, just throwing them constantly now here's the two things about these spiders in this game the spiders can climb walls because they're spiders and in this game when you get hit there's an obscene amount of knockback and the knockback is 90 percent of the reason why you die most of the time because you get knocked back by an enemy and then you fall down a pit and die right and yeah yeah i've seen that yeah and you know like you might have a few seconds of invincibility but you can get chained into getting knocked back and you can get knocked off the edge or something so this dude is throwing spiders constantly and he's throwing them on the wall as well so you're trying to climb the wall but you have to wait on the spiders or try to avoid them but he'll throw more spiders more spiders that might hit you while you're trying to like it was so horrible like i never got past that point in the game and that was like the second level in the game um it's just not worth it yeah, it, it, I probably fought that boss as a kid maybe a hundred times because that's like the only game I had. But it was so miserable. It felt like it felt impossible, like legitimately impossible. Like I would pay, played him 50 times and there'd be times where I wouldn't even get damage on him because of the timing. It, it just and just the brute. It was terrible. Like I don't even I feel like a lot of times these game designers weren't even playing the game like <laughs> They were just like no. They're just they're just better than us. (laughs) They're just supreme. I'm convinced. Yeah, they're just like, and you know, it's one of those things. Like I think me and Kyle have mentioned this. Like you make a game, and you think that the controls are really easy, or the game is really easy to understand, or whatever. 
But like when a normal person who's not you plays your game, they're like, what is this garbage? Like I have no yeah. clue what's happening, you know? Yeah. Game is in the eye of the boulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know, I mean like from from what you're thinking, like I feel I feel like a game so so let me let me ask you this. What do you think about bosses that are like obscenely gimpable? Like like, do you hate that in games? Like, say you get this big bad boss, and all you have to do is, like, stand in the corner, and his pathing doesn't allow you to, like, attack you or something, and you can just, like, shoot him, like, right in the back of his head, like, the whole fight. Like, do you hate that in games, or is that something you're like, yeah, I love when I can gimp a boss. Like, this feels well, good. I Well, maybe if I learn how to gimp him after he's beaten me 30 times, mm-hmm. maybe I find some satisfaction from that. But in general, no, I think that's, I mean, obviously, I think we would all agree that's poor design, right? Like, that wasn't yeah. the intended, uh, it was, it's a mistake by the developers, so that kind of stinks. But, no, I don't think that's very fun. Um, I want to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Now, there's some games that, and this is why I don't like these games, there's some games that don't feel that fun to play, and therefore... I'm like, yes, I will gimp this boss if I get a chance. <laughs> like, Destiny comes to mind. I remember gimping some bosses in Destiny. Um, and I'm like, am I supposed to just run circles and, like, hope no one hits me until I kill all the little ones and then and then shoot the big one from, like, where he can't reach me? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it just felt yeah. like, like, what are you supposed to do? So, I don't know. No, I don't love that. Um, if I'm doing... Now, if it's, like, an old game I've played a bunch of times... And especially if it's like nostalgic and I want to play through it quickly, like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But yeah, uh, in general, no, I don't like that. Yeah, I feel like I I agree with you on that. Like, I think overall, I would enjoy a well designed boss fight with, you know, stages and like good AI. But there's some weird thing that every once in a while, like, one part of Dead Rising that I like is once you figure out, like, oh, these like, bosses like there's one boss fight <laughs> in the game where you fight a character who's on a motorcycle and basically I love those games. like she's gonna hit you like no matter what you do if you're on the ground you're gonna get hit and this game doesn't have targeting or anything like that and it has like the old school like resident evil like aiming when you have a gun so it like stops and it's over the shoulder and it's like really awkward oh, right right so yeah. it's really brutal but what happened is one time she hit me and got me in a position where I basically figured out that she couldn't hit me with her motorcycle. And because the boss fight was so terrible, I just sat there and I just shot her from this like weird spot where I was standing on a box. <laughs> like, oh my just, gosh. And her path would just keep continuing over and over and over in the same way. And I just shoot her in the face. And I was like, yeah, that felt good. <laughs> I mean, if there's like, if I'm having a, a battle and that kind of happens during the battle and I take advantage of it, I won't feel that bad. Yeah. But if it's something that's, like, repeatable, like, I can do it every time as a strat, it's yeah. not great. Yeah, I feel like the boss design is super difficult, number one, right? Like, I think enemy design in general is difficult, right? Because right. you've probably heard this whole, like, idea of, like, you don't want a perfect enemy. You want a dumb enemy, right? Because a perfect enemy, like I was describing before, they read your inputs, they never miss yep. their shots. They use every mechanic to the best ability, right? They don't have any... Uh, I mean, 
that's in a game where they even use your mechanics, right? Like true. true. A lot of games, the enemy just had kind of has its own mechanics. True, true. Like and and if they use it to the best ability that they can, like you're pretty much like done. I remember one time playing. <laughs> I wasn't even playing. I was watching Marcus, uh, best friend in Atlanta. He, we were playing. He was playing this game. I think it was sort of uh honor a soldier of honor or something something like that i can't remember but there's this area where there is like a, a bridge and, the, and it was like a game that had like fog in it and it was like a shooter and he's like oh there's an enemy across the bridge and it's like on hard difficulty or something and he was just telling me he's like yo these enemies when they're on hard like they don't miss their shots or something Right. And they're really good. And so he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I have a sniper rifle. This dude is across the bridge where I have to go in a 10 time zoom and I'm just going to shoot him in the head so I don't have to fight him so I can make it across this bridge. And it's just like one soldier. Right. <laughs> uh, so he so basically on the bridge, it has like little outposts like, you know, like uh, stations where a soldier would stand. So he the, the guys in over near his station and the station on the other side of the bridge is empty because I think Marcus had killed the enemy. So anyway, he's in there and in the station is a small window like it's a few inches wide, like maybe two inches wide and then like 10 inches wide. But it's like a narrow slit. So yeah. Marcus walks up to the slit. He like 10 times zooms on the enemy across the bridge and he takes a shot pow, and it misses and like. Nice. The enemy like alerts, like whoop, <laughs> and turns and looks at him, right? And right. we're like, "Oh, dude, he saw you. Now you have to fight him for real." And all you see in his scope is the enemy just do an animation of what looks like he's throwing a grenade, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> we're you're, like, "You're kidding!" You're like, "Did that man just throw a grenade?" Like, we were like, "There's no way this man gonna hit you with a grenade from across the bridge through this little window." No joke, bro. <laughs> we see him through the animation right and we say that and then we hear we see like a little black dot go through the window a and pixel. we hear clink 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 <laughs> and we're like no and then boosh and it kills him instantly we're like <laughs> it was like the greatest gaming oh, moment man. of all time like if, when you see Marcus next bring up that like hey Brad was telling me about this moment where you're fighting an enemy across a bridge or something and he it, got killed by a grenade he's gonna I, I, I my details may be slightly off because I was watching him play it but it is it was so hilarious we died laughing for a solid 15 minutes Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Um, dude I, that reminds me I've told you this already but I'll recount it again I, I might have even have said it on this podcast but my first time playing the the Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I encountered a Lionel mm. with no warning. Mm. So, the, like near the beginning of the game, it kind of points you towards a Lionel, and it's like, "Oh, save us from the Lionel." Um, this was not that. I was off script. I was doing my own thing, and I found this guy in a clearing next to a cliff. <laughs> like I think I remember cliff. this. Continue. <laughs> yeah. And so he wrecks me a few times, right? Like, it's a Lionel. I don't have any weapons that really will hold up to him. I, I'm still not good at the mechanics. So I'm, like, dropping my shield and, like, missing. You know, I, mm -hmm. I go in swinging and I do, like, 1% damage. And then he hits me back and I die because it's, like, a 15-hit like 
damage or 15, 15 damage hit and I have four hearts. You know, I'm not prepared for this fight. <laughs> and so at one point I respawn and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And so, <laughs> uh, and he has, a, he has a bow and arrow, right? So when he's not rushing at me, if I get outside of his like close range circle, he starts sniping at me with his bow and arrow. And a couple of times I'm trying to climb this cliff to get away from him. A couple of times he like almost hits me and I'm going higher and I'm moving left and right. And somehow he's missing me. And I get to the top of the cliff and looking down at him and I'm like, great. Like I'm above the range of his arrows. He can't like hit me from up here. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. And legitimately it wasn't just like, all right, I'm safe. I'm going to go my way. I was kind of taunting. Like I was so <laughs> mad about what had just happened. What you gonna do? You can't do nothing. Yeah, like you can you can like zoom in on the game in the in the game. So I'm like zoomed in at him and he's looking up at me. Like he's making eye contact with me. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, neener, neener, neener. And I see him pull his bow and arrow out again. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, what's wrong with his AI? Why is it busted? <laughs> and I, I see him pull it out and 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 uh string a string an arrow. And he pulls the bow, and then he po- he's pointing up, like, towards me. But then he keeps pointing higher and higher, and he's pointing basically straight up, and he fires up in the air. And I'm like, no way. There's no <laughs> way that, like, this game has, like, arrow physics that the arrow will come back down on me. There's no way. And so I start backing away from the edge of the cliff, and then it's like it starts raining ice balls. <laughs> like I don't know how many arrows he shot, but it's it wasn't arrow physics. I was right. It's not arrow physics. It's like its own special attack. The only the Lionel can do this. And so, I was so I'm like zigzagging. I'm like, how can he still see me? <laughs> and I, I escaped with my life, but that was. My <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't yeah. really technically a boss fight, but it really felt like one at first. Yo, it's, that's so hilarious. I feel like I, I, I'm trying to think of instances in games where, like, a normal enemy, like, that's, like, just does this thing, kind of feels like its own boss fight. Like, it's so terrible, it's so gimpy or something like that. Like, you're like, please, oh, yeah. please don't see me. Please don't. You know, like, there, there's a boss fight in Dead Space. That's not really a fight, but it's like one of the worst uh-huh. experiences I've ever had in a game. It's like a gauntlet, you mean? Or it, so so okay. So in Dead Space, the whole premise is you're on this alien ship. The ship, at least, sure. and it has like basically aliens, and you have to kill them, right? So you shoot their limbs off, and there's like throughout the game, they would like tell you like, hey, there's like this creature, like you see like maybe remnants of it or something. Or you read about it, like, oh, they've been spearmanning on something. And it's basically like a creature that's invulnerable, right? So, first of all, invulnerable enemies are never cool. Like, right. it's that's just, not fun. Well, the, not like, if you're expected to beat them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I say that to say they're never cool in the sense that, like, as a player, they're always a horrible, like, when you run into them and you're like, I'm not ready for this. It's just like, you know, like, you know, it's cool if, you know, and this, it was cool, but it was terrifying. So basically like dead space is in space and there's these moments where you have to go like into zero gravity or you go into a room that has like a leak. So you have to like use your oxygen tank and it's limited, right? So (laughs) there's this moment where like you're walking 
in this like low oxygen area and there's little oxygen stations you go over and you fill up your oxygen and you walk through this path and i should have known better because it was like yeah, like it was like man like they're walking me down this place i'm fighting a few enemies i think but it's like a kind of linear path and they've been kind of talking about this enemy and and then you like get to the end of this hallway and he just busts out and you start shooting him and you realize wait he's invulnerable and this he's, is the guy so he's chasing you you're running out of air and then there's like fire and then if he catches you it's an instant kill and it's of also course. after you've done all this other stuff. So, I mean, honestly, dude, like, I was like, this is the most horrible feel. Like, it, I genuinely was like, I might die, like, in real life. <laughs> because right. I, right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah. And then, and then, like, later in the game, you sometimes you, like, may, you may see him or something like that. And you don't have to necessarily interact with him. Right. So, you're like, okay, I'm just going to go about my business. But you know how, like, it is in a game when, like, you walk by an enemy who's, like, not paying attention to you, and then they, like, you get into their sphere of influence, and then they do that, like, full, like, 180 turn on you, like, oh, yeah. like no like animation. They, hear, they heard you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> they, they spawn the other way. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, like, it was a great experience in the sense that, like, I really enjoyed Dead Space, but, like, honestly, like, I felt like I was having yeah. heart attacks, like, constantly. Well, it sounds like, I mean, that's the point of Dead Space, right? Like, they yeah. want to terrify you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it sounds like they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think probably, like, if it wasn't for Marcus, I probably would have never beaten that game. Because Marcus would be like, yo, keep playing. I'm like, dog, I don't want to play this game no more. Like, real talk. Like, I'm good. He's like, nah, man, you're almost done. You're almost done. I'm like, Marcus, you don't even know how long this game is. How you going to yeah, tell he's me he's just talking done? outside of his neck. <laughs> he just wants to see me play the game so he can laugh. Of course. And I'm like. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm like, you play. I'm like, bro, I'm legit, like, done. Like, I have nightmares. Like, anxiety thinking about playing the next level of this game. Every save is genuinely, like, a save to me. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Right, it's like I don't think I I don't think I have it have a stomach for those games. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm actually like the fact that you've played uh, what was it? Not Amnesia, but uh, the game you were talking about, which uh, you played with your friend. It was kind of like a horror game. Oh, I didn't play though. Outlast, right? Oh, you didn't play. Did he play? He was playing. He was playing. I was I was Marcus. <laughs> now I get it. Now I yeah. see. I was wondering. exactly. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, see, see, see. In my experience in life, I'm your friend. Like you're, yeah. yeah, you're always. I'm always the guy who plays it because for for some reason, as much as I'm against doing things, I'll still do it. Like, uh, yeah, you know, like it's it's. I think he actually likes it. To be fair, yeah, it. You know, I think it's like somebody who enjoys like dangerous activities. Like, there's some adrenaline, and they enjoy the adrenaline, right? Like. Like I enjoy roller coasters a lot because I and I like like riding them in the front on the first time because I know I have no clue what's going into it and I know nobody wants to ride in the front and the front is always the worst especially on big hills and it just it excites me I you know like it's 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 good times I have stories to talk about like when it comes to certain scary games <laughs> like in experiences I've had but like yeah I feel like. AI and games, I feel like, you know, nowadays, like, games are really good about it. Like, they're super complex, mm -hmm. and they're, like, almost human-like, you know? 
But like, I just remember all the old games were just, yeah, your boss was literally just like, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to shoot my weapon at you. And, you know, hopefully the weapon doesn't like <laughs> have a good targeting system, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, you know what I'm excited to play, what? actually, talk about horror games, is uh, Alien Isolation. I, I bought it. I think I, I think I might have downloaded it already, actually. Is that the PvE one? The player versus the environment? Yeah, it's the one where you're, you're on a ship by yourself and the Xenomorph is hunting you. So, like, in that game, it's just like, but it's like instanced, right? It's not like a story. No, no, there's a storyline. There's a story, yeah. It's it's a it's like a first person blah, 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 first person single player adventure. Interesting. And you're you're basically I mean, think of Dead Space, but that invulnerable guy is the only real enemy. Yo, so he's this it's just like one long form boss fight. Kind of. I mean there's other enemies. I've seen I've seen a few clips where like they're fighting you're fighting the androids, because of course yeah alien androids are always evil but um but yeah that's that's the premise and it isn't from what i understand it's it's like uh it's not none of it is uh it's like scripted maybe not none of it but most of it isn't scripted so there's an actual ai who's actually you know pathing around the station trying to find you Hmm. just using it you could show up yeah and it has it has a really complex and, and sophisticated method for sensing you or for not sensing you. So, you know, it is an AI. So if it wanted, if they, if they wrote it wrong, it would just always know where you are. <laughs> but like, you know, when it, when it comes down the hall, you have to hide under a desk, you know, cause it, it might, might not realize you're in the room if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. It sounds awful and terrifying, but I actually kind of want to see. You know, like, I actually think that's really cool. That's actually something I've always wanted to do in a game. Uh, you know, uh, me and Kyle, back in the day, we made a game called Amber. And and we had, like, basically, it was, like, a hidden character. But essentially, like, hmm. the concept behind it is something that we want to implement. Basically, we had this thing that we called Murder Bear. <laughs> and yeah. essentially, like, the whole concept that, and the reason it came up is that I was, like, telling Kyle, like, Yo, like, let's make, so, like, Amber's, like, this adventure game, you're exploring, whatever, and I was, like, yo, like, what I want to do is make a really open world adventure game, but there be an enemy that's, like, just roams, like, just roams, like, doesn't have, like you said, it has no pathing, it's not scripted, it just, like, sometimes it's in the woods, sometimes it's in the desert, sometimes it's in the water area, you know what I'm saying, like, it just, but it's, like, like, absolutely terrifying and deadly. And like when you're playing the game, you don't know about it or maybe you know of it, but you can't like easily find it. Like there's no like cheat to find it. It's just you never know when you're safe. Exactly. And I always like that idea like that. There's just this this entity that exists in the world that is just super powerful. And you just got to hope that you don't encounter it at a bad time. You know, maybe one day you Mm -hmm. can beat it. So that that I don't know I just like that idea that the alien is is kind of not omniscient but it's like it's just it really has its own goal like its goal is to find you but it's and it doesn't know where you are you know it's just can yeah. only it can only it's like you in the game you only know so much like what's in front of you behind you what you hear you know and similarly like that's super cool that's that's really yeah cool. it's great so all this talk about bosses like what 
in your mind, what is the purpose of adding a boss to a game? Or are there multiple reasons, like unrelated reasons that someone might add a boss to his game? Hmm. I don't know. Like, I guess I've never thought about it, like, in any depth of why people add bosses to games. I mean, I think there's, like, maybe two reasons. One is from a narrative standpoint, right? Like, one is you need a boss because the enemy or the person you're pursuing or, you know, what have you is a significant threat or a significant, you know, strength. So you can't engage with that person as you would any other enemy or it'd feel weird, right? Like the big bad being like a Goomba, <laughs> you right. know, like. The big so it's there for the, the conflict of the story. Exactly. So it's from a narrative standpoint, from a, you know, it, it makes sense. I think from a non-narrative standpoint and why I think most boss battles exist in general is that it makes the game, it, it, it gives you the highs and lows, right? And it breaks up the some pacing. Of the, yeah, the pacing. Exactly. It's basically a mini yeah. game if done correctly. Right. Like kind of like we were talking about with the Zelda game. Like it it breaks up the monotony of doing, you know, just jumping on Goomba heads to like, oh, now I got to do something different using the same mechanics I've used before or maybe different mechanics to kind of change it. So the next time when you leave the boss, number one, you feel accomplished because it seems like a, a task, something bigger. So you get that like dopamine. And then Mm -hmm. doing the repetitive gameplay stuff that you did before feels less repetitive. Like, you know, I mean, in your opinion, what do you think the same thing or something a little bit different? Yeah, I was going to say pacing, actually. Um, I didn't consider the storytelling. I mean, it's funny. I I say I I wouldn't have considered that. But two of the two of the bosses I brought up at the beginning were there because they were my favorites because of storytelling. So I should have thought of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the other reason I think was for, um, uh, how do I put this to bring the player to make the player more comfortable with mechanics, with game mechanics. Interesting. So like I've been playing Psychonauts and not all, not all bosses. I would say most bosses probably don't do this. I've been playing Psychonauts and what I've noticed is that pretty much every boss so far in the game utilizes i would say heavily utilizes um one or two of the mechanics that you've just learned in that level yeah so like i fought a boss who had um who would just constantly be doing these major attacks to me and um i had to use his uh his own attacks again i had had to use the shield that i got i had just gotten and started using uh, how to use the shield to either block the attack or in some of some instances actually reflect the attack back at, back at him. Yeah. And that was the only way to damage him. Like he was impervious mm. to everything else. Um, there was one boss I had just gotten like psychokinesis where I can like move stuff around. And I, the only way to beat it was to, uh, throw stuff at it. So like, you know, it, and it's, it's kind of satisfying. You, those bosses have like a gimmick, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like there's like a puzzle to it. I guess to some extent that's what the, the, the spider ball boss was in Metroid Prime 2. You had to figure out what the gimmick was and then just follow through. To me that was badly designed. But uh, 
Yeah, the the two bosses that I liked from Katana Zero and from Celeste didn't have a gimmick. It was just normal gameplay. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask, let me ask you this. I think about like Mario Sunshine. Any any Mario game, they usually have a gimmick. Yeah. That you're that they're trying to teach you. So. Yeah. I think that's pretty fun. It's fun when when it feels satisfying and natural. That's real. Well, let me ask you this. Um, when you finish those bosses, right, you learn those abilities like Psychokinesis and all this stuff. Were you mm-hmm. able to use those abilities against enemies in the future or were they like isolated to those boss fights? No, they're they're open use. In fact, I learned them before the boss fight. Like you learn it at or near the beginning of the level. You use it throughout the level and then you use it in the boss fight. Ah, okay. See, see, the reason I asked is because one of my biggest complaints about some of the Zelda games, as much as I love them, is that sometimes they'll give you an item that, like, is very, very specific use, right? Like, you know, an arrow, that scene, you can use that on pretty much anything. You know, a sword upgrade, bombs, but then they'll give you... Grapple hooks. Yeah, like, you can use them, but, like, something like the little thing we were talking about, the little gear, Beyblade thing, it's like... It can't be used the same way. So, like, you have this really cool boss fight, but then essentially that item or that thing becomes moot um, or, like, just useless. And and that kills me. Like, I'm like, yo, like, this item is so cool. Like, you know, like, I don't just want to use it for this boss fight. I want to use it on all the enemies. I want to all of a sudden, you know, be able to, like, feel like, oh, enemies that I was fighting in the past feel even more easy to fight, you know? more you know more options yeah and and there's definitely games that do a great job with that like you know samus i mean uh metroid prime like as you you know go through and you upgrade your weapons and you might use them against a boss your rockets or your bombs or whatever Mm -hmm. they make other enemies previously like nothing but i I don't know i just hate it when you only use that you learn all that stuff for a boss fight and then you never get to use it again it's like oh man that was fun but yeah, and that isn't just that's not just for boss fights. It's also I think really disappointing when you, whenever you have an item that even if it's how I put this it's single use, yeah, right? Yeah. That single use might be oh, in this boss fight or it might be oh, the grapple hook only works in these specific locations. Exactly. Like the claw shot works, if I remember correctly in in uh, Twilight Princess the claw shot works in a lot of places. Yeah, you can use it to grab um, things. You can use it to grab pretty. I mean, it's specific, like uh, what do you call it? Like things that you can grapple, but at least it feels versatile, like enough, you know. And then, like the hook shot in Ocarina of Time, it works on anything that's basically wood, you know. Yeah. So you don't need to have a special target. You can just oh, that looks wood. Well, yep, I'm good. And if not, yep. you can use it to break pots and grab coins, you know. So that's nice. Yeah. And they came close to doing that in, in Wind Waker because the grappling hook, you can only grapple up to certain, like, marked locations. Mm-hmm. But you can also just arbitrarily use it against enemies. And you can, like, pull – you can use it to rob enemies. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't learn, I didn't know that at first. And they don't tell you that. But it's something you figure out. And it feels really good. 
to just run around stealing necklaces from folk goblins <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and then killing them. <laughs> just like, no, wait, wait. Like, they don't have anything. You know, okay. So this is kind of going back to our earlier conversation, but I have to say this because I just remembered it. Zelda, one of the worst boss fights I've ever encountered. And I just, and I generally try not to look up stuff online if I don't have to. I've kind of said this before, but I was like, yo, I just can't deal with this. I've gotten this far in this game. I don't care right now. The oh. final boss in the original Zelda on NES it's just like you come into a room and it's Ganon, right? And he makes a noise like, rah, 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 right? And then he goes yeah. invisible, right? <laughs> like he just you never see he goes invisible, right? So you're like, okay, maybe I need to use many one of the ten items that I've learned ga- gained throughout this adventure to make him visible. Right. Nope. Oh, maybe I need to shoot him with, you know, special arrows that'll hurt him, and then he'll show up. Nope literally the final boss is you just stab into just the oblivion and if you hit him he takes damage <laughs> he's like what it and then he's uh, he's invisible but he shoots fireballs from his invisible locations which so he, you just had to figure out where he is and kind of get him. lucky like you kind of realize like if you stand in certain positions he'll kind of spawn in like mm-hmm. i guess the semi same spots but really it's just a like war of attrition like you just hope you hit him more than he hits you and then he and then he can if he teleports and he's invisible wherever he is invisible causes you damage so if he teleports on you you take damage and you get knocked back and then like you can't attack so it was just horrible i was like and and honestly like that that was like the easiest not the easiest but maybe one of the more shorter boss fights because it was just like you just stab into the darkness and hope that you hit him like literally it's just like there's probably a strategy if you know the game and like our speed yeah. runner or something but like it, it just seemed out of nowhere like <laughs> like ar, 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 yeah, that, invisible that feels super janky to me yeah it's so and that's a that's a related complaint i hate when um I I can I can excuse it for older games because it actually does make a lot of sense. But I hate when you're playing a game and the enemy's existence is a hurt box. Mm, yes. Like there's no like he's not hitting you. He's not radiating some sort of attack. He's not made of poison. <laughs> it just it just hurts you because he's the bad guy. He touched, and I'm yeah. like, excuse me. Yes. Why doesn't it hurt you that I'm standing yeah, here? Yeah, no, that you know, I've never thought about it that way. It's like, why do you hurt me? But I don't hurt you. And they might even have an attack that is a weapon or something that hurts you. Yeah. You know, actually, I was, you know, not we're not talking about Hades right now, but that was actually something that I was like, thank you. Like, I, your attacks hurt me. Like, I just mm-hmm. assumed, like, every other game that's, I've been trained, traumatized, I just assumed if I touched an enemy, I would take damage. But it's really if you touch the enemy, if they're doing something, you know? Right. And, so that was a, a, a refresher, uh, refreshing, I guess you could say. But yeah, I hate that too. Um, I also hate games, and I know this is we're kind of just going off the tangent, <laughs> but unless it is con- like contextualized in the world, I hate games that have fall damage. Like, it's just wait, really? Yeah, like I like. There's a lot of games where the fall damage is is not clear, like. Like, you fall at, like, what seems like a far distance and you take no damage. But if you're, like, maybe one half an inch higher, you take damage. Mm 
And so, or you die instantly. That's like the worst. Oh yeah, like, instant death. Instant death, and like that's why I really like Apex a lot because there's no fall damage, so I don't have to think about. Okay, is this too high? Is this too low? Is this too short? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just move right. and focus more on the gameplay than focusing on, you know, is this too high? Totally, like I said, in some games, it makes sense and they contextualize it and it can feel better. But to me, like, I don't know. I just don't like that. So, you know, like, I've played a game where an enemy, like, they can hit you up in the air, right? And, right. and then you get, like, put into a state where you're hurt. And then, like, because the game is badly designed, you kind of get back upright. And then you fall, you die. Because you took it hit you up and, like, you died or something stupid. Like, like why? Like, don't knock That's me up in the air. You know? I, I'm okay if you knock me up and I stay in my hurt damage, you know, animation. I just land on my back and I take no damage. Or, you know? Um, but it's brutal. Like, yeah, like, games with knockback. And I'm standing near the edge of a platform. You hit me, I fly off the platform, and then I get killed by. Yeah, I don't know. It's just for me. I'm just assu- I assume fall damage. Are you saying that you don't like that it exists, or you don't like that it seems inconsistent or like invisible? Um, I think of both. Like I don't like that okay. it exists because in most games it just seems like you're punishing me. Like, like. That's not fun. And I don't like that it exists in that it's not like a, there's no readability on it sometimes. Right. You can't tell how high is too high. Exactly. Like I've been playing like Spelunky. Like so Spelunky. Oh, first of all, let's talk about terrible, just brutal boss fights. Spelunky. Like, ugh. like you get to a boss and you're like, I have no clue. You've already brutal, like brutalized yourself to get to the boss and then you get to this fight and he kills you one hit right that's and you got to restart all completely but like one thing i hate about spelunky is that yeah you can play the game long enough you get used to what height is too high but sometimes you're like this feels good and because spelunky like you take damage kind of like it's like insta death or one heart or something like you fall too far you just insta die if you fall too far, you take lose a heart. So it's kind of like, and I can't, it is not super clear to me. Like, and you almost want to assume that you're always going to exactly. you know, take fall damage. And so sometimes you, you'll be crawl. in a, yeah, like you'll be in a scenario where you could have just dropped down and it would have been safer. But you're like, you know, I don't know if this is safe. So I'm going to do this and this. You take damage from a random enemy that you didn't have to engage with. And you find out later, oh, I could have just jumped down here, you know? Um, Jeez. It's, I don't know. I don't know. If, That's annoying. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where I just, I feel like unless you find a way to like make it readable, which is pretty difficult in a game, just, I don't like it in general. Um, yeah. You know, that, that makes me realize there's a fourth reason to make a boss in a game. And I can't believe we didn't immediately say it. I think it's to challenge the player. And I think it kind of goes with pacing because you don't want the game to always be challenging, like mm-hmm. to always be to the utmost. You just want to have one thing that feels like a nugget, right? A nugget of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Or nuggets. Because then I'm thinking about the, there's some games like um, Fury where it's just a boss rush. I, I hate Fury. I don't like that game. <laughs> I don't like that game at all. To, my, to, its cre- to, uh, to your credit, I have not finished it either. I really wanted to like it, but I'm like, it's hard. 
<laughs> but it doesn't feel hard in a good way. It feels hard in like a way that I have to relearn games. Like, like I don't know if you remember the feeling, but it feels almost intentionally laggy. So like you, mm. you almost have to relearn your reaction to how people attack. Like, say you played Hades, just random game. It doesn't matter. Sure. And you're used to like, okay, I dodge, I dodge when I see an attack come out. Like this game has like a delay to how the attacks work and how your movement works. So you almost yeah. move on the offbeat. And that's what made me stop playing the game. Cause I was like, yo, this is about to rewrite how I play games. <laughs> I can't, I, I gotta <laughs> stop. Like I'm getting it. I can't live here. Like exactly. Like I, this is going to mess me up. You know, uh, it's like if they change where the triggers to do, like we were talking about the other day, like you can change out face buttons and triggers. Like, you're about to yeah. you know, ruin my life. But, you know, I, I was going to say, I totally agree with that. This idea of, like, giving challenge, like, especially when a player seems to be. So I want to I'm just going to note this. Um, what's the game called? Uh, it's the game where you play. It's a co-op game. And you fight. Cuphead. Huh? Cuphead. <laughs> no, well, that's that's an example. But it's a game where you play co-op and it's a zombie game. And your goal is to get from one point to the end to get rescued. Um, Left for Dead. Left for Dead. So just just remind me of Left for Dead because there's a reason I'm thinking about it from difficulty. But the reason I what I'm trying to say is that I like it because yes, boss fights add difficulty when you're playing a game. Kind of going back to like breaking up the pattern. But you know what I don't like in games when a boss fight feels either too easy in the progression loop. Or way too hard like the first yeah. boss is super crazy hard no matter at what point you were to encounter him it would still be hard and then like a later boss is super easy for some reason like it's like wait you put these kind of out of order like for some reason that breaks my immersion to me like why is the first boss boss harder like definitively than the fourth or fifth boss you know like yeah I've definitely played games where that happens, and it's kind of like the the boss feels like a pushover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like, why are you even here? Yeah, you're you're almost weaker. Like, yeah, and, and either they're super gimpable or they're like their attacks are super easy to read. Um, you know, I keep trying. It's not, just boring. I, I keep trying not to talk about Hades, but like some <laughs> some of the stuff that they it's hard. Some of the stuff that they do is super cool, but it's interesting how they deal with boss fights, and we'll talk about that. But um, you know, it's. I, I like that approach of how they do it in Hades versus like some games where you just feel like, man, I don't like you're just wasting my time. Like, especially if you have to refight a boss, like if it's a roguelike type thing, like, like, yo, this is just wasting my time. Like, right. And I don't feel like I'm learning anything. I don't feel like I'm getting better. I just feel like I'm here. You're just padding out the time. Um, so. I don't know. I, let, let me ask you this. Have you ever played a game that has no boss fights? That's a... Yes. Like, well, can you do? You, can you think of one? What, it, what it was off the top of your head? Uh, let, me, let me look at my list. I was going through the list and I was just thinking like, oh, wow, this game doesn't really have bosses. Um, let me yeah, go through like, here. I mean, while you're think, looking, I, I feel like sure. most games i've played i mean i don't include like sports games for examples uh, or mm-hmm. like like most strategy games i mean some strategy limbo 
Limbo. I haven't played Limbo yet. I, that's like when Limbo or Inside. Either one. Both those games are in my. But don't they have boss sequences? Like. Uh, not really. I would say they have like kind of more like high high energy sequences, but every puzzle, every like I guess section of the game really feels like a flat a flat progression. You know, it doesn't really feel like it it bounces that much around hmm. in terms of challenge. Interesting, interesting. Or complexity. There might be longer sections with maybe fewer checkpoints. Maybe you can you could think of that as a boss. But no, I don't really think so. So like in in those games and I, like I said I haven't played them. So are there not like scripted events where like there's certain things that are happening that like are outside of the norm that have maybe yeah. more dire consequences than maybe the normal standard? Okay. So when you put it that way, there's a point near the beginning of Limbo, you're in this forest and you um you approach a tree and the tree looks like it has some like legs coming out of it but then you realize that they're just mechanical legs Mm -hmm. and you just have to move them out of the way and then later you approach another tree but when you get too close the leg reaches out and stabs you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like oh it's a giant spider um and i forget you basically you get past the spider by solving a puzzle right um but that's like like later the spider catches you and you have to get away from it and you're like being chased by it um and eventually you like you know it chases you like over a cliff and it dies or something Something silly and so it feels like it's high tension like oh there's a living thing that's actively chasing me and that happens a few times in the game but the gameplay doesn't change it's not more difficult it's not like you know it's not a higher challenge it's just you're still solving a puzzle with or without duress, you know, and you have to be precise because in Limbo everything kills you. Okay, well, well. so the fact that there's a, the fact that there's a spider chasing you makes it feel scarier. So maybe you could say that's kind of like a boss fight, but it, you don't actually play the game any differently. Well, well, that's that's an interesting point because you know what we didn't do, and not that we should have, but like we never defined what a boss fight is, right? That's a good point. You know, like, you know, for any person who plays games, you know, like this comp, like, oh, this is a boss fight, you know. So, you know, I'm interested to hear what your definition is. But but mine is like to me, it's kind of like any engagement in a in a game that is either like separated from the standard gameplay, meaning like, hey, it's a room, you get locked somewhere or if the enemy has a different type of like health system like like and when i say different i don't just mean like oh they have a different like way that they get damaged but like either it's much larger than like the every other enemy you've dealt with or if they like break the standard like mechanics of a normal enemy that you see like they have to be significantly different from the general enemies and like it's it's like the whole idea of like what's a mini boss versus what's a main boss, right? Right. You know, like they're both bosses, but one has less consequences. Or like, you know, like in the Zelda game, a mini boss you you're still in the dungeon, but a main boss clears the dungeon. You know. I would say a mini boss is more likely to become a normal enemy later. Interesting. It's it's I it's think definitely of Half Life Two. 
in Half-Life 2, there's a moment where, um, you know, you're being chased by this creature and they're talking, the end of the, the NPCs with you are talking about it. They're like, oh, the hunter is coming, right? And you can hear it in the distance. And then at one point, it like, it attacks you and you're incapacitated and it like takes your friend or it tries to kill your friend. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like a cutscene. Um, and so it's building up to this moment later in the game where you're alone and you're in this kind of abandoned house and it basically just busts in those window and you have to fight it. And it's kind of a gimmick to it, but you can just shoot it to death if you're talented enough. Yeah. Um, but then later in the game, and it's this big moment, right? Like, you're like, oh, cool. I killed the hunter. Great. Later in the game, they don't become common, but you see a couple more hunters and they'll be in packs or they'll be like kind of spread out throughout the game. So that was like, to me, that was a mini boss. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a mini boss. I almost want to say it's a boss. Half-Life 2 doesn't really have bosses. So that might be like as close as you get. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I definitely, I've seen that in games. I, even in the original NES Zelda, you're, one of the bosses for beating a temple or a, a dungeon ends up becoming a mini boss <laughs> in another dungeon you know mm-hmm. which is interesting it's like oh like you've downgraded but but now like it's like oh you should be better at the game so this fight should be easier and you have better equipment da, 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 da. Right. so you know so so i mean i guess what's your definition of a, a boss fight i guess boss. mine was kind of terrible but <laughs> i'm trying yeah i want to be vague because my initial thought is oh it's a hard fight but not all games are really set up that way uh I would say a boss fight would be, like you said, an engagement, a conflict that is presented in such a way that it's meant to be more, uh, that's either, it's, it's either more challenging mm-hmm. or it introduces or like, uh, it depends on a specific kind of gameplay, like those puzzle games I've been talking about. Or, sorry, those puzzle bosses. Or it's just presented by the game in such a way that it's like, wow, like, this is conflict. You know, this is, like, it's, it's, it seems more important because of the way the game gives it to you. And so I guess in that respect, the final encounter with the spider could be considered a boss fight because it's been hunting you. Yeah. It was introduced and then you, you encountered it again and then you're getting away from it and the music changes. And it's chasing you. So, yeah, I guess you could say it's like a mini boss or a boss. You know, I, I think as you as you say that, it, it makes me really think that like the a really a boss fight is just literally determined by how the game presents something to you. Right. Like, yeah, like yeah. if they determine it to be a boss fight, like because there's times where like you you fight an enemy who is kind of a boss, but like isn't presented in a boss way like, oh, this enemy you have to fight them throughout the whole level or something, but like they might leave the, the, they like fight you in the beginning and then they leave the screen. Then you're fighting normal enemies and then they come back and you fight them again and they leave the screen and then you might have a final encounter with them. It's like, Oh, was that whole level a boss fight? Like, no, but it was leading you. Like you said, like it was just kind of setting up the setting the stage for the boss fight. It's dramatic. Exactly. So, because, you know, some games could completely just every, like, for example, uh, the game you're just mentioning that I hate, uh, now I'm forgetting the name, um, the whole, Fury, the whole game is Fury, a right. boss fight, right? But 
Yeah, well, it's a series of series boss, of boss fights. fights. It's a boss rush, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess they're bosses because... You know, you know, one thing that does really seem to matter is that a boss, normally they have a, a, a name. Sometimes they can have a special introduction. But also, like, even if it's multiple enemies, right? Like, you can fight three enemies and they all be a boss. Like, the Witch Sisters or something like that. You know, right. the, trip, the triplets or something. But, like, it's something about how it's presented. I was actually going to say this. This is kind of a tangent. But, you know. Oh. Huh? Oh. What, one more thing I'll add to my definition. Yeah. A fight that I, I, I already mentioned the ability or the, the fact that it might depend on some like game mechanic they're trying to mm-hmm. dig in. Part of that, I think, would be any encounter or situation that wraps up a level or like an area of the game. Mm. Oh, so like a, it's like a punctuation. A punctuation mark, yeah. Because most games end with some kind of final boss fight. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of levels will end with like many, maybe a mini box. <laughs> Yo, have you ever played Prince of Persia, Persia on the uh, GameCube? No. Yo, no, no, son. Literally, one of I don't know if it's a boss fight, but one of the most disrespectful endings to a game that I've ever played. Um, and all I'm going to say <laughs> is that like throughout the whole game, there's a big bad, right? You encounter the big bad, you fight him on different, you know, levels. You know, and he escapes or something happens. The final encounter with the big bad is literally you fighting an old man. Like, not like, oh, it's an old man with power. It is just an old man who you just murder. Like, it feels so bad. Like, if you can go back, look up the final boss in Prince of Persia Sand of Time. Like, literally, I just, the game was great. I love Prince of Persia Sand of Time. I think it's one of the coolest games, coolest mechanics, the time rewind, super fun. Like, actually, I kind of want to go back and play it, but I don't have a GameCube. Um, maybe it's on the Switch or something. But um, the ending is such, like, it just destroys all the steam. <laughs> it takes all the steam out your sails. Because you're like all this epic fights happen, you fight all these mini bosses, all this stuff, and then the final boss is like literally just an old man who's lost all his power, and you just beat his face in, and he puts up no defense. Dang, you murder him. You literally just murder him, and and oh my God. and I get it from a narrative sense because like how the sequence of events happen, he loses his power, or whatever. But they should have just ended it there. I don't know why they cut you to this scene where you're this overpowered prince of Persia fighting literal old man. And then the game ends. And you're like... That's super weird. Yeah, it it was one of the weirdest endings. One of the weirdest boss fights. I I don't even know if you can call it a boss fight, but... Yeah, look it up on YouTube. I'll try to find a clip or something to send it to y'all because... It is so, it was, especially as a kid, and I got it for Christmas, and I was hardcore playing it, and I was having fun, and then fe- I felt almost like I was the villain at the end for murdering him. But that wasn't like a game, that wasn't like a, a theme in the game up to that point, was it? No, uh, the, like, it was just that, like, this guy has super magical wizard powers, and he's doing all this stuff, and you're trying to stop him, right? Like, from taking over yeah. the world. And you stop him, and then you fight him in his normal human form <laughs> it, it was very strange very very That's strange. super weird um you know we're, we're gonna wrap up here in a second but i, I want to a- ask you one question because this is something that i really hate in boss fights i wait wait wait, wait. yeah before you ask keep that hold that thought mm-hmm. i thought of a game that doesn't have a boss fight okay 
Untitled Goose Game. I don't know if you played I, it, but I, I wonder. Like, like it's like saying SimCities doesn't have a. Like, there's some games that just are different, you know. Like experimental I games. I mean, what 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 kind of answer are you expecting? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's kind of like like imagine playing a Zelda with that. I don't know. I think you I, you know you're making a fair point. I guess it's like in my mind, some games I don't think about them as like even being something that I would consider having a boss fight. You know. Like, yeah. but yeah, that's definitely, I mean, it's, that's, that's interesting. I mean, they could have done something. They could have had like a, 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 a harder puzzle or like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, dang it. You know what they do? Have you played the game? No, I haven't. I've only seen it. I've never played it. There is kind of, dang it. I just realized it's kind of a boss fight. There's like a, a cool twist near the end mm-hmm. that where you, it really well wraps up. It's the punctuation work. It really wraps up like all the stuff that you've done and you have to deal with all the angry people you've left in your wake. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very like karmic. Huh. Dang. I, uh, so there's, I stand corrected. I can't think of a game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think you can, I think you're, you're on the right path that like, in the sense that like, there's some games that kind of like end, but they don't necessarily like, end with a bang like they're just like hey this is the game you know like this is what you do like puzzle games do that of course sports games stuff like that like it's kind of like i feel like it really has to service the game like you don't just throw boss fights in in solitaire (laughs) you know like it kind of has to make sense um and some of these hands i get i feel like it's a boss fight in solitaire that's real some of them i used to play uh not mines uh not hearts or whatever it was the other game king uh-huh. the one like and i'd play every single one and my german teacher way back in the day she was like i've beaten every single level in that game or whatever and i was like yo there's like nine thousand levels she's like yeah i just play it every night and i play like five games i was like and she was like 60 so i was like you know what <laughs> you might have done it <laughs> wow but, um uh, so you had a question for me. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask you, and this is I'm going to share my personal opinion about it, and then I want to hear your opinion. But my opinion basically is I hate in boss fights in general, not all the time, when I have to fight little mini versions of something in the fight. Like, it really annoys me. Like, I just want to fight the boss, and, like, I want the boss to be big and interesting. And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes it makes sense that, like, their attack is maybe creating an enemy, but like if they if they have the ability to create an enemy, I want to be able to like interrupt it or like I want it to be you know like a little bit more. I hate in games where like their way of making a boss fight difficult is by putting a whole bunch of normal enemies on the screen along with like mobs. Yeah, like mobs along with the boss. So you're just getting gimped by the boss because you have to deal with the little enemies who gimp you. Like I've been in boss fights where I've been killed by the enemies not the boss because i have to avoid the boss you know what i'm saying i don't know how you feel about that like some some games do well but i don't know it it's not something i enjoy in general i don't feel badly about that i mean obviously i'm sure depending on how it's done it could feel really terrible but the concept of it seems fine to me i mean if a game if part of the difficulty of the game is maneuvering in a room full of enemies right then Mm -hmm. it makes sense that a boss would take advantage of that yeah and for for a lot of games that would be the case where yeah sure that's you know a fair 
challenge. Like, I think I don't like it, but a game that I think does it generally well is Hades. I think some of it, I have some things I want to discuss later about some of the boss fights, but I think in general, I like the idea that like, like there's a particular boss, like the boneheaded thing that, you know, has his little, the bone dragon or whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 I like the way they do that, that, because it kind of feels like, okay, there's phases. I can't hurt him unless I kill his enemies, his little minions. But the minions yeah. are kind of a little bit separated from him. And he sometimes can shoot out little babies, but you can kind of do Like, I think that was a really good implementation. I just hate when it's like, yo, we're lazy. This boss isn't very hard. Like, in itself, we didn't put any interesting AI in it. But what we're going to do is we're going to put a whole bunch of, like, normal enemies that are normally not a problem to, like, just damage you to right. make this harder, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was Hyperlight Drifter. There's two bosses that, wait, I want to say maybe three. There's at least three bosses that um, when you're fighting them, they're like, you know, big hulking dudes. And one of them is like a king and he has this big old greatsword and he's just cutting, cutting everything, mm. like destroying everybody. But occasionally he'll call in some like soldiers and they'll, they'll be on the screen with you. And you have to deal with them. And they're, they're enemies you have fought before, like you said. Um, and you have to choose. But you're, you're in Hyperlight Drifter, you're maneuverable enough that you can like get away from the boss for a brief moment, kill one of the bad guys, and, uh, and then, you know, move on. And it, it's, it adds to the challenge. It also kind of, it's, like you said, you can interrupt it. You can even trick him into killing all of his subordinates mm. as the battle begins because he's swinging that big sword around. If you stand next to where they're frozen, he'll crush them. See, that's and cool. And then they won't come later. That's kind of cool. I like that. Like, you're kind of... That's super cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I just like... I, I just like... Sometimes it just feels like lazy game design. Like, ah, I don't want to make a real boss fight, so let's just make it as annoying and make them never feel comfortable, you know? So, yeah, man. Well... Hey man, I feel like there's even more things just thinking about boss fights and mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe we can have a discussion just about AI and games in general because I think we started talking about it but it but it kind of talk like I feel like bosses in general is really bosses in general are kind of just a reflection of good game design number 1 but also good AI design. Um yeah, because yeah. how you implement them so I'd, I'd love to hear what kyle thinks about all this i know he has probably a lot of opinions i'd like to hear what boss fights he likes and doesn't like so so maybe we'll do a part two but maybe just talk more about ais and in, in games in general because that might be really cool so i'd be down for sure cool cool well um i think it's about that time hey we appreciate you for listening to this podcast thank you so much um thank you steve for your time I know you got a lot going on. It's my pleasure. You know, life is busy. Uh, shout out to Kyle. Hope things are well. Power comes back. Internet. Things get situated in your life. You know, Louisiana, you know, steps up their game. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, just appreciate you guys listening. Um, as always, you know, thank you. You know, feel please, you know, if you have any comments about what your favorite boss fights or your worst boss fights are, leave it in the comments below. Um, you know, reach out to us. But uh, yeah, it's great. talking as always and look forward to seeing you guys next time y'all take it easy peace